Um, Mark 9, 2 to 9, on page 956 of the Blue Bibles. The title is The Transfiguration. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Fabian, I'm a bit worried. You're actually married already. Yes, you said you were going to marry Natalie. I'm assuming you're doing... Yeah, and you're not actually... Okay. I was a bit worried for a minute then. Cool. Dear. I was just a bit worried you were going to end up marrying someone you didn't really want. He's lovely, but just might not have been your choice. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Right, anyway, back to more important things, the sermon today. So... I don't know about you, but in our house, we have had a lot of discussions this week about the weather. Because there's been, in the forecast, there's been snow, hasn't there? Is it going to get as far as us, isn't it? You know, all those, have your kids talked to you about it? There's a bit of, for the younger ones, there's a bit of a sense of excitement. Um, One of them thinks he's going to get a snow day, which frankly is just never going to happen. But he lives in hope. um, And they think of things like snowballs and sledging on the downs, all those sorts of things. Um, For others at home, they think it's a bit of a hassle, can be a bit slippery and dangerous, bit of a pain. But then we see you've got this trusty thing in this day and age, haven't you, called Alexa. Who's got an Alexa? We've got three. I don't know why we've got three, but we have got three. So our Alexa has frequently been consulted this week on what is the weather today? So... Every, well, frequently through the day, various people have said, Alexa, will there be snow in Whitstable today? And Alexa very helpfully says, no, there is no snow forecast for Whitstable today. She's even actually been doing that when there have been a few odd flakes flying around outside. So even though she's right next to a window, she doesn't actually look out and see. But Alexa's been a little bit useless. But we have had that sense of excitement with the weather today this week. Um, For David, he absolutely hates the snow because he works in car insurance and all he sees is a huge increase in workload with everyone crashing and banging into each other. So he's really not keen on snow. But actually snow's pretty special in our country, isn't it? Because frankly we don't actually get that much of it, do we? Seven years ago, I think, was the last decent amount of snow we had. Um, And at that, it was big, there was enough snow, firstly, to wreck my 40th birthday party. Um, secondly, to build really big snowmen. 
And I did find a photo this week of a snowman that I don't know if you remember, Helen, but our two husbands built in the park with our kids. Um, and it was actually bigger than any of the children or the husbands. Um, but because it all oh, had someone else's children in, I thought it was best not to show and embarrass other people's children. We'll come to that later. When it's your own, it doesn't matter. Um, but it was, a re- I can remember this snowman was huge. And Oliver and Lucy and Reuben and Jacob were kind of down here so it was really good I love watching the snow in the sense of it kind of hypnotizes me a bit when it's falling do you know what I mean especially if you're driving it feels a bit like it's probably not a good time to be hypnotized if you're in a car is it but you know am I alone when you kind of see it and it kind of yeah sends me off into another planet hopefully still on the same road though now, some people, I'm told, although I think these people are slightly strange, like snow so much that they even go on holiday to find snow. They go skiing and, yeah, I'm told that's a really good holiday. Personally, that's not for me. I kind of prefer the warmer type holidays. And I just wonder if any of you have started thinking about your holidays yet this year. Anybody started thinking about summer holidays? We've started to think. We haven't actually booked anything yet, but we've started to. So I thought, assuming that we're quite a normal family, although I'm often told that we're not normal in any sense by the children, but I thought I'd bring some props to help you decide what you'd like to do on a holiday. So the idea is you grab something out of the bag and you decide what sort of a holiday. And then telepathically, Tom on the AV is going to be able to decide which picture to put up at the right moment. He said to me, did I want the clicker or did I want him to do it? And I said, no, I just want you to read my mind this morning. So if you want to come and have a little look in my black sack of holiday props, and then you can pick something out. Martha, you put, what would you like to pick out? Oh, Yes. You've got that one. What are you going to have? There's a few left. Okay, do you want to come and stand on the stage so people can see you? A tennis racket. A tennis racket, yeah, that's it. Where's the inside of the bag gone? There you go. Okay, so the first one. There isn't a picture for this one, Tom, so I'll just give you a clue on that one. Now, can I just borrow it for a minute? Yeah, this was from the very first holiday that David and I went to. Well, no, actually, it wasn't the first holiday. It was our honeymoon, actually. This was from our honeymoon. Who could guess where we might have gone to get a straw donkey? (laughs) About that sort of expense. But no, thanks to a very kind couple in the church, we went to Spain. Thank you. And we found this straw donkey, which has moved house with us because it's just a funny old memory. What else have we got? A tennis racket. We have had a sporty holiday. Sporty holiday, hold it up. Can you find one with a sporty holiday in? It's a bit tricky. It's not obviously sporty. Yeah, this was us. I can't actually even remember where this was. Um, But yeah, Oliver showed early prowess as a golfer on the crazy golf. Lucy sat and watched. That's more kind of the Lucy and I style. And so that was our sporting holiday. That's about as sporty as any of our holidays have ever got. Brilliant. What else have we got? Jack, come and show us this one. There's quite obvious camping type one. Okay, let's... Okay, Jack. Now, yeah. I'm not saying who this is. As I said... Oh, you're very red, aren't you? Pull that, hold that. 
Hold that. When the kids were very little, we did do that camping thing. I did do it once, Georgina, okay? Camping is not for me. They do not have flush toilets, and they do not have power showers that give hot water. I do not do camping ever since, okay? Sleeping bags are for children, not for me. But we did do a few camping holidays when we were little in a very 70s kind of towing, fold-up caravan thing that was, frankly, hideous. Brilliant. Um, okay, so we'll put that down. Have we got anybody left? What have we got left? A bucket. Oh, yeah, we've got loads of beach. We've all done the beach holidays, haven't we, with kids? Yep, lots of beach holidays. Um, we're still... That was Lucy, yes, whoever said that. Thanks. Yeah, she's loving this. Um, yeah, beach holidays. We've done loads of those. Who likes going to the beach on holiday? This is more my sort of holiday here. Laying, sun watching, warmth, that sort of thing. That's more me. Okay, brilliant. Have we got any more photos? I think we have. Oh, this is on a par with camping. It's <laughs> a so good job David's not here. This is David and Oliver's favourite holiday that we've ever had. It was one of my worst nightmares, actually. We hired this boat for a week on the Norfolk Broads. In the brochure and online, it looked so much bigger. <laughs> In real life, it challenged us as a married couple, let's just say. I don't, if you're anything like me, Natalie, don't go on a boating holiday ever. OK? We are still married. We have made it through. But, oh, look, we didn't like that one, did we, Luce? No, wasn't a girl's holiday. What else did we do? What else have we done? Oh, OK. Lake District, Cumbria, my stick. This was the last holiday we've been on. This was about two or three years ago now, I think. Um, this was the last one, and there's a few pictures. And do you know, the Lake District has amazing scenery, doesn't it? I don't, if you've ever been there, it actually is breathtaking. I, I thought we lived in a beautiful part of the country, but actually to be up there was absolutely mind-blowing. I just found it amazing. And we did do some walking. We weren't blessed with great weather, but it didn't particularly matter. But we did do a bit of walking with sticks, didn't we? And my stick even came home because I was very fond of my stick after a week. But we did have a really good holiday there. And as I say, we did do some walking. You're going to hold my stick as well? Brilliant. You can sit down if you want. You don't have to stay there. But it's up to you. I don't mind. Cumbria was just a mind-blowing, for me, a mind-blowing holiday. And as you drive around the Lake District, you go, one minute you're really up high and you're right on the top of a mountain or a hill. We had lots of debates about whether when a hill becomes a mountain or a mountain becomes a hill. There's some, I'm sure someone could tell me, but actually we went over mountains or hills and then sometimes you find yourself right back down in the valleys again. Which brings me back to the reading. You probably did wonder where it was going. So did I. <laughs> but actually, have you ever realised how many mountains are in the Bible? We start quite early on with a mountain. Noah's Ark comes to rest on Mount Ararat, doesn't it? So we have quite a lot of mountains. Then we have some other mountains. We, anybody know some more mountains in the Bible? Anyone feel Mount Sinai? Yep, do you know a mountain? Yeah, Mount Taera. I think that's a lovely mountain. I've not found it in the Bible yet, but I'm sure I will look. 
Moses found his burning bush, didn't he, on a mountainside. The Ten Commandments were given on a mountainside. The devil showed Jesus the riches of the world from a mountain top. Mountains come up everywhere. They were just a few of the ones that I could think of. Today's reading is about a mountaintop moment, isn't it? Jesus has gone up to that mountaintop with Peter, James and John, probably as a bit of a retreat. Retreats aren't quite holidays, but they're kind of a time to refresh, aren't they? And time to take a bit of stock and time to refocus a bit with God, isn't it, sometimes when we go on a retreat? And there they are up on that mountain. And as they stand on that mountain, it almost becomes like a soap powder advert, doesn't it? Jesus is transfigured and he's whiter than white. Transfigured basically just means changed. If you're a child, think of the hungry caterpillar. That's really all it is. It's the hungry caterpillar becomes the beautiful butterfly. It's not as complicated as sometimes we might like to think it is. And as Peter, James and John look up and see Jesus in this whiter than white clothing, the robing, and they see him speaking with Elijah and Moses, but how can that be? Because they're dead. How could that have happened? But then Peter, he is one of my favourites from the Bible, I have to say. I think I'm a bit of a Peter. I've decided that Peter does what I would have done in that position. Peter starts babbling, frankly, doesn't he? I think Peter is frightened, scared, stunned, doesn't know what to think. And when I do that, I start talking about random things. Probably half the stuff I've set up here is random. You know, when you don't know what to do, I've got an awful sense as well that sometimes when I don't know what to do, I giggle. When I get nervous, that's really bad sometimes. But I think Peter's a bit like that. He doesn't know what to say. He doesn't know what to do. So he comes up with this idea of, let's build you all a shelter. But I can kind of see where he was coming from. Maybe a throne room type place? Somewhere they're caught? You know, they're quite important people, these, aren't they? But then the cloud comes down. And you know, like when you're in the sunshine and the cloud comes over and you find yourself in the dark... It all goes cold and shady, but then the cloud keeps passing and the sunshine comes back. I think it was maybe a bit like that for them. And as, they look, as Peter and James and John look up, they see that Elijah and Moses have gone. So what do they do? They just, I don't know, it doesn't really say, does it? Do you think they stand there in shock, scared, frightened, nervous, worried? I don't know. Lots of questions. But I actually think we could all associate with that. Firstly, let's think about that mountaintop moment, that high for Peter, James and John. Mountaintop moments give us the strength and the hope for the valleys that we're probably about to go through. It's fair to say that Jesus knew and had already started talking a bit about his death. So Jesus knew that Peter and James and John were going to have some really tough days coming. And maybe he chose them to give them the strength to get through the valley that wasn't that far off at that time. 
I don't think we're any different from Peter and James and John. I think, actually, we need the highs, don't we, of mountaintops to help us with the lows of the valleys. Life isn't a plateau. I don't think it's a plateau for anyone. I was talking to someone earlier this week that has had a really hard couple of years, really. And I said, one of the things I said to them was, as having worked with children for 25 years now, working with children and families in various settings, I've yet to find a perfect family, a perfect child that's had an impeccable past. None of us have life on a plateau, do we? We all have ups and downs. Or maybe that's just our family, I don't know. But it feels to me like we all have ups and downs, mountaintops and valleys. But I think there's even more treasure in that passage. I think there's more. I think the real treasure in this is when God speaks. God says to them, this is my son who I love. And he continues with listen to him. Pretty good advice, isn't that? Couldn't we all take that advice? God almost sounds like a very, dare I say, normal parent. This is my child. I love you. Listen to Jesus. Just think about those few words. You are my child. I love you. Listen to him. Affirming, advising. Isn't that what we do as parents? As, dare I say, the slightly older generation? You can never tell your children how much you love them because it's impossible to do and I don't think we can ever truly comprehend how much God loved Jesus or how much God loves us God loves every single person in this room every single one of you that affirmation and that advice is as good today as it was then it's not really changed it was a mountaintop moment for Peter and James and John But actually, we have mountaintop moments. Whenever we encounter God, it could be a real mountaintop moment. It doesn't have to be on a mountaintop. And frankly, to be honest, by the time I got to the top of that mountain, I don't know that I really encountered anybody apart from the floor to have a rest on. But when we encounter God, it really can make you feel fresh and it gives you strength because you don't know what's ahead. So let's all keep heart and let's all treasure every mountaintop moment wherever we have it. That might be here, that might be at work, it might be at school, it might be at the WI, it might be at bingo. Wherever your mountaintop moment is with God, treasure it. Because actually that will keep you going in the valleys when it's a lot harder. God says, you are my children, I love you. Listen to me. Amen.